All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, what exactly are DB nightmares all about? The mouth of the South, Fred Smoot explains. We go back to the Mobile Strike Studio for a Power Lunch edition with Carol Maloney at the Palm. Aaron Rodgers continues to be on everybody's lips. We'll talk Baseball Hall of Fame and what's the right amount to tip a monkey. Your 45-minute dose of Pure Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Wednesday, January 27, 2021. Thank you for downloading. We're not idiots. Quote, unquote. Who said that? That would be none other than Mark Murphy, the acting team president of the Green Bay Packers. I think that's his title, team president. He's the guy kind of running the franchise. They've got a board of directors and they've got other layers of management. But it's a Mark Murphy show. And he's done a great job, make no mistake, both on the field and off. We're not idiots, he says. Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. He's our leader. That was with our friend Mark Daniels, who appears with us on Mondays on 97.3 The Game, out of WNFL in Green Bay, Wisconsin, one of our fine affiliates, on his show The Fifth Quarter. We're not idiots, Rodgers will be back. Okay, well then that's that, right? But will Rodgers want a new contract? Does he want a new contract? That's been reported. And it would certainly be arguable that he deserves one. He's coming off an MVP caliber season, not yet officially named, but probably will. And he's getting paid like the fifth highest annualized rate behind or right around such luminaries as Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. Clearly, Rodgers is worth more. Now, he only signed his extension two years ago, 2018, so it got stale quick, but this is the arms race that is quarterback salaries. Here's the problem. So you took Jordan Love with a first-round pick. Aaron Rodgers played great this year to hold him off. He's going to be the starter next year. 
So that's two years down. He's going to have to start sucking quickly if you really want to move on to Jordan Love. Now, maybe you can wait three years to get to Jordan Love. Now you've got his rookie season, in essence, as a first-time starter in year four, and you have to make a decision on whether to pick up the fifth-year option right away. Not ideal. Rodgers will have turned 40 by then. Who knows how good he will look or how long he wants to play. Here's my big problem with this draft pick of Jordan Love. I said it the moment they did it this past spring, and I've stayed on it ever since. You're taking a zero with your first-round pick this year. That's not good. First-round picks in the NFL are not prospects. They're not meant to be draft and stashes. Oh, you can say, but this is what they did with Rodgers. You hit an inside straight with him. Stop trying to do it again. The league is different because you'll take a zero on a first-round pick this year, meaning no production whatsoever. You're going to take a zero on your first-round pick for a second year next year, unless there's an injury. And that's absolutely inefficient. For example, had you taken the best tackle available instead of taking Jordan Love, then maybe he would have been better than Rick Wagner a journeyman on a good day, and even less than that on two bad knees, who was abused in that game against Tampa's front four. Maybe Rodgers gets off two or three more passes than he otherwise would. Maybe one of them would have been for a big play. You might win the game, and you might go to the Super Bowl, but you took a zero. And if you take a zero next year, and you may take a zero after that, depending on what you do. And that's the problem with taking first-round or second-round prospects. First-rounders and second-rounders should play as soon as possible because otherwise you're just burning prime years. And you've only got them for four, maximum five, at least in the first round. First-rounders, a five-years option, uh, second-rounders and beyond, four years only. A.J. Dillon, second-round pick, not a necessity at running back. You only got 46 carries this year. 46 carries all year for two touchdowns in 11 games. He had a bout with COVID. It was pretty bad. Um, 124 yards on 21 carries against Tennessee. That was his breakout game. Half of his yards, half of his carries came in one game. Not efficient. Now, maybe next year he takes a bigger role as they're, I'm guessing the Packers are going to not sign Aaron Jones. So it's going to be Dylan and Williams, and that's not a bad combo. But you kind of took... Not quite a zero. You took like a two on your second round pick this year. I, that's not the way I would do it. But again, I know that Gutekunst is highly regarded, and I know the Packers have done pretty well so far, so you have to wait. Uh, the Dylan thing, I'm not hung up on. That was a little bit of a reach, but okay. The Jordan Love thing, I completely disagree. You took a zero last year, you're going to take a zero again. Speaking of Rodgers. He was on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, which he normally goes on. And there's always good stuff to come out of it. Apparently, Rogers explained why he goes on Pat's show. He said, quote, it's allowed me to silence all the douchebags who were talking for me and making themselves more relevant by using my name or running with stories that were not fact. This was a natural, authentic way to have a conversation. Well, me thinks you should worry less about us douchebags. Oh, we are douchebags. We are flip-flopping, fanboy, 
wave in the wind douchebags. And I'm a big Rogers stand, by the way. But he's worried too much about this stuff. He thinks too much about this stuff. Brady does not think or talk like this. Brady's too busy winning, number one. But you're saying it allowed me to silence the douchebags. Bro, you just lost the NFC Championship game at home for the second straight year. Your career is draining out in front of you. Don't worry about the douchebags. Don't worry about silencing people. Don't worry about someone else trying to make themselves more relevant. Win. That's the only cure. Baseball, speaking of taking zeros, takes a zero on Hall of Famers for the 2021 class. Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, and who else came up? Oh, and, Ro- and Roger Clemens. Schilling, Clemens, and Bonds all came up just short. None of them hit the 75% voting threshold needed for induction. They all got over 70%, which was a rise. So they, they're steadily climbing, but they've only got one more year to go. It is the ninth time the Baseball Writers Association of America did not vote a player into the Hall of Fame. It happened most recently seven years ago in 2013. It happened 17 years prior to that in 96. It also happened in 71, 65, 60, 58, 50, and 45. Schilling ended up with the highest vote total at 71.1%, but that was 16 votes shy of induction. And like I said, it's the last year for Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling. And all three are in their final year next year, the 10th and final year to get in. Already Schilling has said he wants out for next year. He feels like the uh, voting is political and that people don't like his political stylings and leanings and rantings and musings. And we'll see what happens there. I guess he's not going to get in. Could Bonds and Clemens inch their way in? We'll see. Guess who comes next year for the first time on the ballot? One Mr. J-Lo himself, Alex Rodriguez. Should be pretty interesting. Do I think Bonds and Clemens should be Hall of Famers? I don't know. It's tough. They were Hall of Fame caliber before they started cheating, but then they cheated like motherfuckers. And they're assholes. So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I don't vote for this thing because I would be conflicted. Clearly great players even before they both started using roids. Got even better after they did. And they were assholes who threw people around them under the bus, backed the bus up, up, dragged them under the bus a second time if they had to. Absolutely terrible people. Should they be in the Hall of Fame? I've often suggested ceremony-less induction for certain players. So in other words, you put them in the Hall of Fame, but you don't give them the stage at Cooperstown on that summer day. I know people say, you can't do that. If you're going to put them in, you got to at least let them get up on stage and speak. Do you? Couldn't you say your baseball accomplishments are worthy of having a bust in the Hall of Fame? But we will be goddamned if we give you a day on that stage to pontificate about anything because you're not worthy. That's my that's my one compromise, and I think nobody likes it. If you do like it, let me know. If you think it's crap, then, well, I'm sure you'll tell me. 
All right. Yesterday was our midweek power lunch at the Palm Steakhouse next to the Ritz in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, at Tyson's Two Mall. Myself, TV sports anchoress extraordinaire Carol Maloney, parked the free hugs and candy van outside and called former Skins cornerback Fred Smoot to talk NFL playoffs and more. And then we went inside and had a delicious lunch. I had blackened scallops for an appetizer with the salmon. It was, of course, it was great. When it comes to the finest steak, seafood service, and ambiance, nothing beats the palm. Perfect for romantic evenings as well as business lunches and casual get-togethers and free podcast junkets like ours. The Palm is open with socially distanced seating options and fully masked staff. Visit them next time you're near the mean streets of McLean, Virginia, my hometown, and get your steak on. Definitely don't Google stuff. I thought for sure on Sunday night I was having a hypertensive emergency where my head was going to explode. And I literally, I laid down to sleep thinking, this could be it. What? How many times have because you ever laid down? Because of the Packers down... loss? No, 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 no. Just because of my high blood pressure. I, I wasn't. Know, but because I was... of the Packers loss. I was pissed, but I wasn't that pissed. But I just wasn't feeling well. I hadn't been feeling well all day. How many times, Carol, have you gone to sleep thinking... I may not wake up. Never. <laughs> so you're saying never. maybe I'm a hypochondriac? Yes. Never have I gone to sleep thinking this could be it. I would have never forgiven Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I would never forgive Matt LaFleur for not going for it uh, with the 209 left. Right. That would have been his fault for kicking fucking field goal. Yeah. So even you knew that that was a coward's play right there. Are we we're, stupid? So we're doing this? Oh, we're we? doing it. We're on the air now. Yes, <laughs> okay. we're segueing in. We're going to call Fred Smoot in. in just a second. Smoot's a classic, okay? So I say to Smoot, hey, we've got this sweet hookup at the Palm. We're going to do the podcast, have lunch. Are you available Tuesday? He goes, no problem, I'm in. We're waiting today, Carol. Where's Fred? Where's Fred? I text him. I'm like, we're here at the Palm. Where are you? He texts. I'm in Mississippi. I can Zoom. <laughs> he left that out. Zoom! Motherfucker, you ain't Zooming. We're calling your ass right now. So here we go. See what Freddie is up to. The mouth of the South. Hey. <laughs> Hello, Fred. How are you today? Uh, I'm always great, baby. Always good to hear your voice. How did you miss the signal of, hey, we're going to have lunch and do the podcast in the van? Hey, because I literally drove to Jackson two days ago to walk my, my daughter down with a school thing. Oh. And, and, and I actually stayed, uh, and, you know, I hadn't been back in so long. Of course, I've been, I haven't been traveling because of COVID, so. All right. Uh, yeah, let, let, all let me enjoy right. Mississippi for a second. That's all right. Well, I'm glad you're back home. Well, how well, how well, is yeah. Mississippi, by the way? Uh, you know what, Zabe? I am sitting outside right now, and it's 75 degrees. It's unbelievable. Nice. Stinker, bless your heart. This is Carol. How you doing, Fred? I'm good, Carol. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Listen, whoa, 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 uh, we, meet. Owe you, we owe you lunch. It's okay. What do you mean you haven't he, met? He would, he would, you would recognize me. I've interviewed you. I thought you times. guys knew each other. I have. Uh, we, we, I used to cover you, Fred. You'd okay. recognize me. We, it's been you'll, a while. You'll though. meet Carol soon enough, Fred. You'll see all me right, again. All right, there. That's the way for both of y'all to make me feel old right there, but no problem. Keep going. <laughs> you're, the, you're the youngin' in this group. So <laughs> I, I want to start with this question to you, 
a bona fide certified former NFL cornerback. How do you live with yourself if you're Kevin King after a game like that? Man, it's just one of those things. The great thing that make you a great cone in the league is the fact that you use your CTE to your advantage. <laughs> uh, the fact that you 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 understand when you got to forget things and go to the next play. Well, sometimes you got to forget whole games. Now, the great part about it is it can only make him work harder in the offseason because he's going to have a nightmare. They call it DB dreams. And when you're a cornerback, you had these DB dreams and you could never run away from the fact that you got burnt. Time you wake up in your real reality and you turn on ESPN, you're going to watch yourself get burnt. When you go to sleep, you're going to watch yourself get burnt in your dreams. So it never goes away. So he's going to play this mental game with himself until he has a chance to play football again. DB dreams. That's hilarious. Most of us have dreams of missing flights, Carol, and we're late getting to the airport. <laughs> Stuff like that. If you're a DB, you bolt up straight in the middle of the night in bed. <gasps> and then you're like, oh, my God, and you're like on a cold sweat because you're running know, no, you're you- running at half speed and some little pissant <laughs> white wide receiver who looks like he should be a Zumba instructor <laughs> at L.A. Fitness is running past you for a touchdown. <laughs> Uh, and that's when you wake up and your wife is like, I'm going to have to divorce you. You have these you have these dreams too much. <laughs> oh, my God. He, uh, he had such a bad game. Somebody put four pictures together. One was him jumping early on the Evans touchdown. Whoops. Yep. The other one was Scotty Miller running past him. The third one, he got smushed at the goal line on the Fournette touchdown run where he ended up, like, on his face. It was really bad. And then, of course, he had the bubblegum shirt on the rookie, uh, 18, his name I forget. He's a good, good young player. That's a, yeah. that's a tough quartet of plays to have to live with. I do feel bad for Kevin King. Well, the thing about it is Kevin King is a talented, long guy. I loved him out of college. I think he's going to be a great DB. I think he's going to have a great career. But you're going to have those moments, man. I tell people all the time, that other player and that other team get paid too. Yeah. Right? And, the one thing, and the one thing about football and, and pro sports, period, think about this, A. Thinking about having to be on a team with 53 guys. Now, it's a group of DBs, and we're supposed to be a band of brothers, and we're a band of brothers that also compete to try to take each other's job during the week. Right? That's during true. the week, we're, we're literally trying to take each other's job during the week, and then when Sunday comes, now we band together to go against another team that's also trying to get you fired. It's, it's such a mental battle, and that's why I say Kevin King will be okay. I think his brighter days are ahead of him. When it's happening to you, uh, Fred, and not to saying it ever did, but when you're in that situation like a Kevin King and you're being targeted by a yep. quarterback that doesn't miss, what do you uh, say to yourself? I mean, I know you are a loud and proud kind of guy, but you have to start mm-hmm. faking it, and you know you're faking it while you're trying to stay confident out there. Well, it, it, anybody, anybody that's in a real relationship in life know how to fake it. At the end of the day, <laughs> smooth truth. I need a bell for every time there's a smooth truth. Ding. <laughs> no, so we we all know how to fake it. So at, at the end of the day, once you get there, you have to literally say, "How am I going to stop the bleed?" Everybody didn't had a cut. All right, but if you can stop the bleeding, you can survive to play another day. So now I'm going to say, all right, they attacked me like this the first time. They attacked me like this the second time. All right, first of all, I'm going to go talk to my defensive coordinator and see can we play a little bit more zone because evidently they got it out for me today. All right, can we play a little zone, give me some chance to hide some plays, give me some chance to make it look like something else. And then I'm going to go and say, you know what? 
I ain't finna let them over the top no more. If they want to be patient enough to kill me with a thousand cuts, I'm fine with that. But I'm just not going to let them have the big play anymore. Mm-hmm. Especially if they not ready to beat me for one or two touchdowns. Now it's time to stop the bleed. And if you just, if you can be patient, I'm fine with that. I give you five yard catches and make the tackle, ten yard catches and make the tackle. But I'm not letting you get over top. Yeah, it's a it's an insanely tough position that you played and these other guys play. And you're right, a short memory and a lot of confidence are the only antidotes to the days. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. What else is? This is the thing about a a cornerback. And let me tell you this. Don't you ever take a cornerback to church with you. You know why? Because they lie, cheat, and steal. That's what we're taught to do that our whole life. Lie, cheat, and steal. We lie to ourselves. When we get burnt, we'll still stand up and say, we're the best athlete on the field. We lie to ourselves. We cheat by by making plays by any means necessary. We don't care how the play is made. You've seen uh, uh, Bartlett doing it. He literally held, oh boy. Got the interception yeah. like nothing happened. And stealing is what we do. Stealing will get you paid if you're a defensive back. So those three things are, 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 are literally drilled into you. So we're heathens by nature. Yeah, Murphy Murphy Bunting is a good player. He's a tough yeah. dude, but he's got his he's got his work cut out for him. Like everyone in that secondary against Tyreek Hill. I want you to give me the corners take on Tyreek Hill, who looks flat out unguardable. Uh, pray, Jesus, Allah, who, 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 whatever deity, whatever deity that you kneel to, please go to him. Play him an offering. Maybe get the Pope to pray for you. I don't know. How would Fred I mean, Smoot play Tyreek Hill? Uh, I would literally tell my coach, check this out. Don't ever... Put me in man to man with this man if I ain't got no help. Second, right? <laughs> second, let me let me anytime we run zone, let me play my zone from press because the times that I know I ain't got to run after him, I want to rough him up. All right, so the thing about it is I want to make it hard for him even on running plays. Like the one thing about it is if you make him work on the plays that he ain't getting the ball, it tends to bleed into the plays when it's time for him to make the plays. Got it. Yeah, that's great stuff. But other than that, you can't you can't stop him because no, I, I tell people this: it, it's not it ain't it ain't even the it ain't the wide receiver. Like I, like and people always ask me, who's the toughest wide receiver you cover? I like it don't matter about the wide receiver. Tell me who his quarterback is. That's the toughest yeah. wide receiver because if, if if the guy pulling the trigger can put the ball places I can't get it, I, I, you don't need a name to beat me. When the receiver that you're covering is lining up in all different spots like that, who do you compare that to as someone that you covered where they can just align anywhere? Oh, we had a lot of guys. Percy Harvin's of the world. He reminds me of Percy Harvin. Yeah, he does. Percy Harvin's like a knockoff Tyreek Hill. Uh, well, yeah, see, he, he's what you call a, uh, the food stamp of Tyreek Hill, okay? Like, but at the end of the day, uh, uh, you, you remember Dante Hall. Yeah, Dante Hall, who's better at returns for the Chiefs than he yeah, was as a wide yeah. receiver. Yes, but he could also give you hell out there running routes. He, sure. he, he could run routes better than people thought he could. So when you get a guy like this, I, I got to ask you, Zay, pick your poison. He can beat you over top in a matter of three seconds. Right. Or you can throw him a hitch, and he can break the tackle and still get there in three seconds. How do you stop a guy like that? Like, And then you can't double anybody. That's what makes Kansas City offense so good. Right. If you double Tyreek Hill, they're going to feed Kelsey 15 times. If you double Kelsey, they're going to feed Tyreek Hill. So 
you tell me how you want to stop them. Then they got a guy like Patrick Mahomes being a great orchestrator. He is. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to stop them. The best way to stop the Kansas City Chiefs is with a running game. A running game is also defensively. Because the best thing you want to do for Patrick Mahomes, he needs to do what I'm doing. And they're sitting watching the game. If Pat Mahomes is sitting watching the game, that means you are bleeding the clock. And that's how Brady thinks. That's how Brady thinks. Like, Brady will run the ball 10 times. And as you see, that offense is heels now. That, is, that has nothing to do with leverage and nothing to do with areas. That's Tom Brady's offense. And he knows the only way I'm going to beat this dude is not in the shootout. I'm going to beat him by him watching the football game more than I do. Yeah. I Part- interrupt this broadcast to put some money down on the Chiefs quickly. Oh, my God. I want to <laughs> put my 401K in the Chiefs. But then I realize, <laughs> Smoot, I realize I'm betting against Brady, and that's mm. a very dumb thing to do. Why do we continue to do this to ourselves? I guess I it's just know. like me being a it's just like me being a single man. You know, the thing they we had to exercise them. How do I keep making the same mistakes? Right? Right? And and, and against Brady is one of those mistakes that you just don't want to make. You don't want to make it because every time you tell him he can't do something, it pisses this dude off. I've never seen a dude that been – he's like the incredible host. Like the coach say, I stay mad. That's why I don't ever yeah. change all the time. Like, like Brady stays mad continuously. Yeah, it's amazing. Mom, Dad, meet the lesson I haven't learned yet. I introduce him to him all the time. Here goes my next lesson right here. Introduce him. <laughs> my, my next expensive lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both them. Her name is Mary. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. All right. Hey, uh, let's talk woofed for a second. What do you make of the new front office, Fred? And I'm sorry that you did not get appointed a role in the scouting department because, man, you've got a good, keen eye for the talent coming out of college. What do you think of this new setup? Hey, first of all, I always got to give you my draft picks. I, I give you my draft picks of the year of my guys that I think are freakishly studs. Yep. I, I, I Kyle Pitts is a faster, stronger, bigger, updated version, the iPhone 12, of Shannon Sharps. All right, so you tell me, can you win with him? Kyle, right, Pitts, then, Kyle Pitts, tight end out of Florida. Yeah, out of Florida. Got yes, hurt uh, in the middle of the season, so it cut his season short. But he should be back, and he was turning heads early in the year. 
No, he is dominant. Uh, he is dominant. And he's 6'6", six, six, uh, 255 pounds. Now you got the uh, linebacker, another freakish guy out of Boise State. Zayvon Collins, he can get it all done. 6'4", 250 pounds, uh, seven and a half sacks, also had four picks. Two of those ran back to the house. Special kid on that one. But I think with this front office, man, I think we got some. I just think we're building some. I've been watching. I've watched this team make plenty of mistakes. I've been part of them. I've seen us bring guys in and out. And for, for the first time in a genuine long time, everything over there is about football. Like, yeah, even finally. the people they bring, yeah, like even the people they bring in is about football. Every time I talk to coaches, it's just about football. The youngsters, that's who making this team great. Like, think about this: we had a team that's so focused. We had one guy that liked to go out, and it was the quarterback. We needed the quarterback, the bad guy. Like, they're just like going to church, and the deacon won't get out the club. Fred, I have not talked to you since the Haskins thing blew up. Is that just one of the more amazing things you've ever seen? Like, you must have been shaking your head like, come on, son. Hey, you know what? I, I told him, I said, things ain't going to be right. The one thing I don't like about is quarterbacks with plats in their head that play and watch. It don't do, it this don't work. I right, when I seen him, like, cause the one thing about a quarterback, you are a politician. You are the face of a team. Mm-hmm. You got to carry, you have to carry yourself in a manner that's not. Right. It's like being a pitcher. You, it's like being a pitcher. You're a part of the team, but you're also a pitcher. You're an independent contractor. Right. And he, and I think that's the part of the job he just doesn't understand. Didn't get but it. I, yeah. And I and I do think right now he's in the right place. I think Pittsburgh is the right franchise. I think he is. I said this when he was coming out. He has a lot of Big Ben tendencies. All right, this is going to uh, actually allow him to play a very long time in this league. Uh, Pittsburgh is always wide re- uh, receiver friendly, and they like to throw out of uh, spread formations. And this is what he's used to. He's no good under center. If you look at all the mistakes he made when he was here, they all came from under center. Yeah. i got to ask you about Devontae Smith who is probably one of the bigger sort of X-factor players in the draft because he's small, but he won the Heisman. He's got Mm -hmm. some serious skills. I see him being mid-first round on most mock drafts. Do you like Devontae Smith out of Alabama? Oh, yes, I do. Deshaun Jackson 2.0. Wow! He's a, actually, actually, that's funny. He's small, but he's a bigger Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yes, he's got two. Got, he's listed as six one. Deshaun was what five eleven? Yep, five eleven at the most, five ten maybe. Is uh, he as so, fast as Deshaun Jackson though? Uh, he's he's effortless fast. He's just as fast as Deshaun okay. Jackson. He's smoother. He's actually a better route runner than Deshaun. Yeah, he like, seems the one thing really about, smooth. I I was yeah. saying he looks like the next Marvin Harrison. Is that a good comp? Uh, I think Marvin Harrison a good comp, but if you want to really blend a player, he's actually Deshaun Jackson mixed with Reggie Wayne. And he's okay. Deshaun Jackson because he's so explosive. He's Reggie Wayne because he actually knows how to run routes. Right. And he knows and he knows how to run away from you at the top of these routes. So it ain't like he just he can catch a ten yard dig and get a uh, how many times you see him catch a ten yard dig and somebody tackle him? They never tackle him. No, he's too he slippery. Just, yeah, he gets in and out of his cuts, and by the time he catches the ball, he's already running away from him. So uh, you're talking about a threat, but if I had to pick between him and Jamar Chase, uh, it's just one of the things. Jamar Chase, 
I think he has it all. I don't know how Smith is going to do in the run game. Uh, most of the time, I think they're just going to have him run people off. But uh, Jamar Chase can do a little bit of everything, and I like that package. And I know if you're the, the Cincinnati Bengals or you somebody up there, you can't you can't wait to like rejoin Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase or something like yeah. that. So you never know with the draft because you never know what's going to happen. And, and I like the guy uh, Pearson out of uh, – uh, Penn State. Okay, but I've heard I've heard some crazy stuff about him lately. Oh boy! Well, back to back, real quick, just to put an end on Devonte Smith. This mock I'm looking at has him going 12 to the mm-hmm. Niners, which would put him with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. <laughs> oh, damn! You want to? You want to talk about DB dreams? Them is- <laughs> nightmares. Nightmares, right? Nightmares. nightmares. Yeah, Freddy Cougar type nightmares right there. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. That, that would be crazy. But you got to ask yourself, if the 49ers are right there, do they want to go quarterback right now? I don't, I don't think they're in love with know. Jimmy G. I don't know. That's don't the thing. They- Quarter- you know, half the league needs a quarterback this year. It's an unbelievable market where all these teams are like, shit, we need a guy. And we need a guy now. Mm-hmm. And so that brings me to my uh, next question, which is how much would you spend to go get a Stafford? To go get you know, nothing. a Deshaun Watson? Nothing. Uh, nothing? You say nothing? I say hey, nothing. listen to me. Matthew Stafford is one of the most underrated places. Think about this. If I tell you I got beachfront property in Idaho, would you believe me? <laughs> no, sir. I, I, I'd believe anything you say. Define hey, beach. What? Hey, hey, but guess what? I didn't tell you it was a man-made beach. Yeah. All right? All right, so guess what the thing about Matt Stafford? He's one of those guys, you don't know he's good because he plays in Detroit. Detroit has never won anything. All he has done is put up numbers after numbers after numbers for no avail, for no reason. When you play for certain teams, you're not popular. Like, like I told people, when I'm playing in the NFC I don't care if you literally are the third cornerback. If you play in the NFC East, you're going to be popular because you play New York on TV. You play yeah. Washington on TV. You play Philly on TV. You play Dallas on TV. You will be. No, Matthew Stafford is just one of them guys that just continues to do his job and gets no props so, for it. I'm with you on this. Carol doesn't seem to like him. What's the price, though? It's all about the price. It's not that I don't like him. Let me be you clear. Don't want to, you don't want to trade in. Tell me him. one quarterback that was traded, not released, not hit free agency. That was one good? quarterback that was traded that was good, that was worth the price that you had hey, to give, nobody, give up. Nobody where, trades where good quarterbacks. It? No. You don't, been, you don't give up. Yeah, but... Detroit. Yeah. We're talking about Detroit, and y'all looking for logic. Like my, like my, <laughs> right. like my grandma say, if common sense was common, everybody would have it. That ain't the way it goes. <laughs> right. like, that's not the way it goes. Like, how many great quarterbacks have been in a situation like Stafford? You know what it is? Every now and then, like you see an ad for a, a Porsche in the classifieds, and it's way cheaper than it should be. And you go to check it out, and you're like, this seems weird. There's got to be something wrong with it. No, it's just a disgruntled ex-wife who's selling her husband's Porsche to get back at him. It's a rare situation. This is a rare situation, Fred, that the Lions are in this rebuild mode and they want to dump a good quarterback. Stafford's not going to want to come to a former GM of the the dysfunctional team he was playing for. Oh, he'd love it. He'd love it here. No, no, no. He'll love it here. He wants to be anywhere but the bottom. Think about this. Alex Smith loved coming here. And he was yeah, leaving Kansas City. Quarterbacks, that's what I'm quarterbacks want to be wanted. They need to be wanted. That's part of what's driving Rodgers crazy right now in Green Bay. He doesn't feel wanted. 
He's Thank just, you. He's just they're, holding they're them hostage. Needy. Fred, he's, they're needy babies, just like everybody else. No, no, no. no they're, they're divas. Yes. Right? And a diva has to need, they need two things. One, they need to be wanted, and they need attention. Right? Yes. They need attention. And guess what? You can't get attention if I work in a market like Detroit. No. Come on. Hey, 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 listen to me, Zay. I was in Detroit three weeks ago, ran into a deer. He said he's going to move from Detroit. So I'm telling you, like, <laughs> nobody wants to live in Detroit. All right, oh Fred. We're going to let you go, buddy. Uh, we'll have we'll have you on certainly as the draft comes up because nobody's big board is better or more accurate than Smoot's big board. All right? All right, let's make it happen. It ain't been time for you, brother. All right, good to talk to you, Fred. Thanks. Uh, I, I thank you all for having me. All right, there you go, Fred Smooth, the mouth, the mouth of the South, who really, Carol, he's got a great eye for talent. He has said over the last three or four years now, doing stuff with him, he's like, look out for this guy, look out for this guy, look out for this guy. Every time. They are fucking great players. They're like the steal of the draft, he'll find. I think DBs are the smartest people on the field. They say technically they're not. You know what they say in football? They say the closer you get to the ball, the smarter the players okay, get. Let me, Centers, let me rephrase. Guards. My favorite people to interview. <laughs> that give me insights and passion. Oh, yeah. And, and break stuff down and are honest. DBs are my favorite, my go-to people in every locker room. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, all right, good to talk to Fred. We've got some other stuff to cover here before we head on into the Palm for our Tuesday lunch. Carol, where would you like to take it next? You've got stuff. You brought stuff to the table today. Okay, well, we Your talked about- Your choice. You said you've got some listener mail. Oh, I'd love to do that right now because I think I just uh, burned myself- um, are last these, week was are our these first. The, are these the emails I forwarded to you? I wanted to break down a couple of them. I wanted okay. to get your comment. Very um, good. Okay, Mark Freeman. First of all, I'd like all of your listeners to know that you seem to respond to a lot of your listener email. How can they reach you? Zabe at yahoo.com. He responds to them, which I think is really cool. Um, but Mark Freeman wanted to point out a concern, and it's a small one. You got to clean up your language, Zabe, he says. I know he talked about me. She wants to be one of the guys, but she's a lady. You can't go around F-bombing when you have a female on. It's beneath you. Do you agree? No, oh. I didn't. In <laughs> fact, when we first started, I F-bombed just to prove a point. You there didn't you even go. raise an eyebrow. No. I. So you forwarded that to me, and I didn't know that's what we were doing. I thought Mark Freeman's like your producer. No, no, no. He's just a longtime listener. And I go back and forth on the swearing because... On the one hand, the beauty of podcasts is to talk more naturally. Natural speaking amongst guys and gals that like sports is to drop a few bombs. Yeah. F-bombs, S-bombs, etc. However, it can sound jarring at times if it sounds like you're forcing it to try to be cool. <laughs> or, hey, look, it's a podcast. I can say fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said to him that we'll clean it up, and you forwarded it to me, so then I... Did you did you know I responded? That's nice of you. By the way, I BCC'd you. I didn't know that. Because I did not want to give any mouth-breathing dudes your email. I didn't know that. I thought he was your producer. This was oh. the first one you sent me. <laughs> okay. So I responded, that's funny. I didn't because I wasn't sure when he was at the email he had some other stuff on there. But I wasn't sure if he was saying we were F bombing or if it was you. So I put that's funny, I don't remember F bombing. So you must be talking about Zabe or <laughs> this pandemic has really changed me. Either oh, way, boy. thanks for the heads up. I had an F bomb one time that hit T V in the Quad Cities. I was wearing a mic that's 
you don't turn off and you keep it on, but the control room oh, turns yeah. it off. And I went to the bathroom and I was F-bombing a little bit and went no to the bathroom way. with my mic on. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like a naked gun. And I didn't get in trouble. The control room did. Um, I don't think the people at home knew who F-bombed it. Luckily, I wasn't sounding like a truck driver. It wasn't that bad. But you learn a lesson that if there's a mic around... Uh, anytime you try to clean it up, right? You just don't want to be the person that accidentally throws right. a bomb on the air and gets fired because you're that, it's that short a trip from the penthouse to oh, the outhouse. God, oh. yeah. I think there was a recent example of somebody in television who left their mic on and went to the bathroom yeah. and it got out over the air. Anyway, so, I just wanted okay. to bring that up for the mailbag. There's okay. one right there. By the way, I'm finding the uh, naked gun clip. Oh, great. Leslie Nielsen, where yeah. they go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. And hosts. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Trevor. <laughs> Frank Trevor. Of course, we all. <laughs> 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 it's a big uh, room. We also would like. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. that's the person behind the board's fault, that's yes. for sure. Anyway, that was the mail. Keep the mail coming. Um, if Zabe doesn't respond, I will. You can forward yeah. them to me. That's great that you have such a good rapport with people who have no. supported you all these years. And from all over the country, I realized. Yes, I'm very lucky in that I've got a lot of people who used to listen to me back when I was on nationally, and they have found me, and they've stuck with me, and I appreciate that. So, yeah, it's a nice following from every nook and cranny of the country. The other thing I wanted to talk about is my hate for Tom Brady. Let's talk about the Brady hate. Because I've been, you know, I have not been, you know, quiet about how I've been sick of him for a very long time. I, I did root for him a little bit more than I thought I would this past week. Sorry. But that's because yeah. I was just more Brady than Aaron Rodgers. I know that hits close to home for that's you. All right. uh, You're dead to me. Yeah, it's I just how cool, how cool in a in a divorce that he gets to go to the Super Bowl and Bill Belichick, who by the way, people think that that ends the argument. Do you, yeah, Belichick do you, just punted on this year. We all know that he's well, yeah, stockpiling uh, yeah. his a million cap. guys opted out. Yeah, they had no quarterback. I mean, the the whole Cam Newton thing was a failed experiment. He was bad this year, so it wasn't like he. That Brady wins and Belichick loses because Belichick is is dynasty building. Everyone who knows football knows this, right? Do you think Belichick's but, a little salty though? I'm sure this is not easy for him. I, that's still, what I want to know. Still not easy for him. That's why I kind of was <laughs> because it's like kind of this uncomfortable kind of like take sides. I'm like, all right, Brady, who had such a quiet year, basically now is going to the Super Bowl. It's a cool story. You, I can you know still what? hate him and appreciate the cool story. You know what's interesting is that they said on the Fox broadcast. I think it was Joe Buck said that Arians told them, we let Tom coach here. They didn't let him coach in New England. And Arians this year said he stood back and just watched Brady do some coaching in addition to being the quarterback. And I was like, now that's an interesting nugget right there, that they didn't let Brady coach in New England. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, you're just a quarterback. You're yeah, just you're a, an employee. You're hey, employee number twelve. Quiet down. Do what, do what you're told. <laughs> yeah, and everyone has an ego, especially when you're the greatest of all time, and you've been called that, and you don't think you're going to age. And so, yeah. Belichick, am, Belichick yeah. who's thinking long term, is like, yeah, I can't have you coaching. I can't have you overstepping and stepping right. on my toes. Yeah. Um, yeah so. Mow your own yard, Brady. I'm the one coaching here. Yeah. I am very Brady neutral 
as I think about this, I am really down the middle. On the one hand, I understand the ways that people don't like him. Arguably a cheater. Pushes a scam overpriced product, this TB12 method. Um, a got, bit of a bad got, loser. Clomps got loans, off, by the way. TB12 t- t- got tons of money. T- million dollars. From the pandemic. Well, the pandemic could have claimed TB12. Oh, my God. What a tragedy that would have been <laughs> oh for America. I was reading the list of companies. I was like, TB12. Right. God. He's 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 a bad loser at times. Will clomp off the field without shaking hands like yeah. Belichick will. Yeah. And is a little bit douchey. Yeah. On the that, other that hand, that was it. It's the eye rolling. It's the the hands up when receivers don't make a play for him. Right. Some. It's the. I was like, I'm sure everyone talks about what a great teammate teammate he is and leader and how he sets smashing helmets on the sideline, yeah, throwing fits. You're above that, Tom. Lobbying the referees. Yeah. John. On the him. other hand, mm-hmm. God damn, what a winner! Yeah. What a winner! They say America loves a winner. He is the stone coldest winner ever in the NFL. It's insane. Do you think he loosens up and we get to see a different side of him um, after he's done playing? I mean, he's just, he's very private. He's like, very, do you think like, he'll be a good broad- broadcaster? No, I don't. Probably not. Montana was not good in the booth. He got one year with NBC mm-hmm. and he was not very good. Uh, Peyton Manning, when he decides to do it, will be good. Do you think Philip Rivers will be good if he gets no. a broadcasting job? Nope. No? No, he's not going to be a Tony Romo. Okay. Tony Romo was a personality right away as a player, and then he makes a great broadcaster. And also it depends on the kind of work ethic they have. One thing I loved about Chris Cooley initially when he stopped playing and he became a broadcaster, and I know he worked at your station. I thought he – one time he had to – I was with him, and they wanted him to emcee something at a golf tournament, and he went to the corner and sat down for 15 straight minutes and thought about – what kind of message he wanted to deliver. And And for him, 15 minutes is an eternity because he (laughs) is an Adderall gulping ADD kid. He put the work in behind the scenes whenever he, and I thought just some standing up at some golf tournament and introducing someone and talking about something, he put that kind of work in. But that's how he made it in the NFL, Carol. He showed us his notebooks when he played. Do you ever see those? No, but I should have asked Fred Smoot about notebooks and, and game plans on individual receivers. Okay. Sorry, next time. So, Remind me. So Cooley showed us his notebooks, and Cooley being an art major at Utah State has very neat handwriting. And he had these big notebooks that had notes from every meeting he was in as a player about formations and coverages, and he's drawn plays and notes. I mean, they look like museum pieces, and they're thick notebooks. He's got a bunch of them. That's how he made it in the NFL. He was never that fast, never that big, good, solid hands. The reason that he was always open when he was with us is because he knew where all the soft spots of the zones were. He was the quarterback's best friend. He knew on certain coverages, stem your out this way, turn it in, sit down, release, all that shit that comes from putting your mind into it. So it doesn't surprise me that he would take 15 minutes to go, okay, what am I doing here? Yeah, but to do that as a player and then to continue that kind of work ethic afterwards is, I think, well, a little more rare. Well, that's also kind of how he's wired as well. And so when he would break down film for the radio – it was very thorough, and I watched how he had to break down film. Have you ever seen a guy like him break down film? Yep. Did you know I did a Monday morning quarterback with him for years and breaking down film? But anyway. Wait a minute. When did you do at that? At NBC. He came on with us oh. every Monday. 
What was I doing on Monday mornings? Well, we, My own it, show, we aired I guess. it. We aired it okay. Monday evenings on NBC. Okay, but he came. Show. He came to you with the finished product of yes, what he. Yes, I didn't looked watch like. him actually okay. doing it. So here's how the sausage gets made when you break down film. He watches a play once, twice, three, four times, makes notes, goes to the next play, over and over and over again. That's a hundred some odd plays, probably offense and defense. I'm thinking. Offense, defense, special teams. And he has to look at it from a number of different perspectives. And and angles, does he get a different, does yes. he get the film? From- yeah, he gets the all 22s, mm-hmm. and there is two different angles. There's the down-the-line all 22, in which is from the end zone. That shows you spacing and all that other stuff, route combinations. Then there's the one from the side that's high above. And oftentimes he would say to me, he's like, mm, that was a big gainer there for the other team. I'm not sure what coverage they're in. I'll have to go ask the coaches. And he would go call. And he would then, well, he'd go, he'd walk into the building and he'd find out Wednesday. He'd be like, hey, on that third and 15 that Calvin Johnson caught, what were you in that, that coverage? Because it looked like cover two shell. And then the coach would be like, no, actually it was quarters with man underneath. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why this DB, who looked like he fucked up, who guys like me on the couch sit around and go, that, that DB sucks. Yeah. Wasn't his responsibility. Wasn't his fault. The coverage was different. Who's doing that for him right now? Nobody. Yeah, we don't have anyone. Nobody does that. Most ex-players, and I don't want to blaspheme here. I don't want to paint with a broad blaspheme. brush. I don't want to <laughs> blaspheme these ex-players. I mean, Smoot's very good, but even Smoot doesn't do this level of stuff. Most ex-players don't do that kind of work because it's a lot of fucking work. work. It's three hours of grinding through film and for not very much reward. The, the, the ex-players you see on TV now, they're just cliche spewers. And they have what? A minute of talking time on the pregame show? You ever added up the minutes that the ex players on CBS or Fox's pregame show actually spew out and think about how much money they're getting paid? Do you know how much those guys are getting paid, Carol? So you know, you're in television. Their microphone is open like maybe a total in the in the whole day. Three maybe minutes. Total, well, if you add it all together, it's a minute here, a minute there, a halftime. I'd be shocked. Seconds. You know. You know what? I'm now going to go. Rec- I'm going to go actually with a stopwatch and find out. Okay. How much does Michael Strahan talk? And I bet you. What do you think? You know TV salaries. Gonna, what do you think he gets paid? Record the whole day. You're going to get pregame. You're going to get halftime. You're going to intermittent. You know, no, just different. pregame, halftime, postgame. Yeah. Five minutes. Five minutes max. Does he do hits for the network no. in the morning no. for the new? No, I'm talking. I'm talking the uh, studio show ponies. Okay. Guys like yeah. Nate Burleson and Boomer Esiason. You're gonna get him fired because and everyone's Howie cutting Long. right now. And once they realize, <laughs> they pay him. For I think the they work. already know that. So they're they're probably getting paid a million dollars a year, right? To At do? least, yeah. Yeah. Good work if yeah. you can get it. Yeah. Don't lose that anyway, job of possible. Anyway, back to Tom Brady. I don't think he'd do the kind of work that would make him great since he's not just a, you know. A, he like projects a, as low energy. Yeah, like he's just not entertaining as right. a talker. He doesn't use his hands yeah. <laughs> like I'm doing right now. Peyton Manning He's is, not the mouth of the South. Yeah, like, Peyton Manning would be the one who could be awesome because Peyton Manning's. Funny. Well, yeah, he's wickedly funny. He has a rapier wit old Peyton Manning, and he can really dig the needle in. But he doesn't want to do it right now, which is interesting. I wonder what he's waiting for. You know, that's the thing about the guys that don't want to work, and I mean this at any level of profession where you get to the point where you're like, I need to coast for a while. <laughs> right? Are you, you know- looking at me? 
All I did was drop one you show. You dropped one show. I know. <laughs> Not two. The one I listen to every single day. I'm listening to your podcast. And I'm here in a van right now podcasting. So it's not like a right by the by a state. Well, yeah, we're we're now in front of a nice steakhouse. Eventually, <laughs> we'll be in a shittier van, and we will be down by a river, and we'll get done with the podcast, recorded on a tandy old cassette tape. Throw a turkey sandwich at you. <laughs> no, and then we'll go outside and we'll grill up some perch on a barbecue. <laughs> But we're not there we're yet. We're not leaving, though. Yeah, we're, we're still not, here bringing you our sports We're tapes. not there yet. <laughs> so about working, you're saying what? Every now and then, guys say, you know what? I just think I that it's a tough— as much. I think it's a, a tough work ethic to sustain on any, on any profession, any level, when you have to put what it takes to make it in the NFL. Um, but I think being a game analyst can't be that hard. You're doing you're one game a week. You're just Cooley's work ethic. I'm just saying well, okay, to but, go from— yeah. Doing that on the field and then making it as a broadcaster because of your work ethic. Yeah. Well, Cooley just put he, – he can't put – he can't half-ass it when it comes to certain things. So when it came to football, he couldn't half-ass it. When it came to the regular radio show, oh, he half-assed it the whole time. He would sit there with his feet up like this, with his sketchbook, listening to me and Galdi going – you yeah, guys got uh-huh, this. Uh-huh, you guys got uh-huh. this. Right, exactly. He was in low power mode. He's like, you're talking Capitals hockey. I'm, right. I'm done with this. Yeah. Right. But but Galdi and I didn't mind because we were used to getting shots up. We were used to carrying shows ourselves. Yeah. So it didn't bother me that he was that way. I accepted it as, well, that's cool. And there was plenty of times where he was quite engaged, but there was a lot of times that he was just like, okay. Yeah, moving on, moving on. And I feel like doing that right now. Next, can we talk about another thing I wanted to bring up? Um, And that is... um, Kobe-versary? Kobe-deathversary? I I know. It's a pause because I'm trying to think of a nice way that... There's no nice way to say it. It's an anniversary of a horrible, horrible death that people are like still shocked and saddened by because people loved Kobe Bryant so much as I didn't, a basketball though. player. I actually didn't. Uh, and talk about, not hate like Tom Brady. I'm just hate because I'm sick of him and his elite level of success and just his snarky way and no. yelling at people on the sideline. Kobe, I was on Team Shaq. And, um, you know, the sexual assault allegations, the yeah, he was like bad. a Michael Jordan light. Like, I just was like, I wasn't on a Kobe fan at all. Neither was I. And I... I just I'm still devastated by it. It was a where were you moment with your kid and the 13 year old daughter hearing as the news developed during this day. It's yeah, it's awful. He was the biggest sports star to die at such a ripe age in a long, long time. Think about it. Who else dies in a tragic accident that was at that level that Kobe Bryant was? Kobe Bryant top five athlete in America and worldwide, hugely popular. Just, and and the fact that there were seven other souls lost that day, unbelievable. His daughter, the family friends that were in that helicopter mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And then compounding the tragedy was the fact that it was and should have been eminently avoidable. They should not have been flying that day. Yeah. And... Who knows exactly why they decided we're going to try to do it. Some have speculated that it was kind of Kobe's baller mentality, like, come on, pilot, you can do this, you got this. I mean, L.A. was completely fogged in. They had grounded the sheriff's helicopters that day, and they still went up and they flew and had on, in this van, Tim Baggett, who is 
a helicopter and a regular pilot pilot explain how easy it is to get disoriented in fog yeah. as a pilot. And it doesn't take much. And it didn't take much that day. An opportunity cost for uh, you know women in sports because you know what kind of dad he would have been if yeah. his daughter would have been as good as predicted. You know, you I know. think she's still. He well, was still yeah. such a WNBA fan. It really made it, it made it so much more legitimate for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, but you know, I think things will spring up in his memory through the years. They already have, and he becomes idolized at a whole different level mm-hmm. in death. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I I feel bad for rooting against him all those years. <laughs> you know, you're. No, don't feel bad sorry. for it's just sports. You didn't know that he would meet a tragic ending. No, so. no that was shocking. I was at Costco. Okay, yeah. I'm at Costco. And you're like, I'm standing in line. Look at your line. phone, going what? I'm standing in line. This is how it worked for me. I'm standing in line with my phone. Uh, I see a Twitter alert. I say, did my son. I think Kobe Bryant just, and he's a huge basketball fan, in a helicopter accident. They're worried. It's like someone overheard me say that. You could see it spread like wildfire. Really? Everyone telling, what, what, what? Costco. And within five minutes, the place was buzzing. Not just because of what I said. Everyone was getting yeah. the same kind of alerts. Yeah. And people were talking about it at the checkout. We were, it was just this, it can't be. They have to be wrong. They're wrong. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, that was a year ago today. Unbelievable. So when you do this podcast, just a little yes. um, housekeeping. And since I'm here with you on Tuesdays, as long as um, I keep bringing it, I don't know. We'll see if next week. If <laughs> of course you're going to be here um, next week. Uh, so we tape it on Tuesdays. You're like, this is the Tuesday podcast, the Tuesday Power Lunch. Um, but it airs on Wednesday? Or you upload it Wednesday? What's yeah, the Yeah, we need to get a name for it. We need to figure out. Is this is this Daytime Steakhouse Confidential? Is it the Tuesday Power Lunch? Is it the Wednesday Power Lunch? Is it Tuesdays with Carol? Is it... If you say Tuesdays with Carol, people will listen on Tuesdays, and you actually don't upload it till Wednesday. I know. So what, what should was... it be? I don't know. Ta- <laughs> listeners, what should we call this? Podcast and steak at the Palm and Tyson's. Yeah. With oh. Fred Smoot on the phone from Mississippi. Totally messed us up. Do we have somebody for next week lined up? You're going to get Julie Donaldson of the uh, WFT in. Cool. How about funny yeah. is that? Because we kind of already had Bram, I thought, but we can. Let's we, bump Bram for yeah, Julie and yeah. then tell Bram, okay. we don't need you, buddy. We got Julie. <laughs> we got your broadcast partner. Okay, let's do it. Let's okay. have Julie in. Well, she'll come to the van and get a free lunch. Heck yeah. She's a right, long time friend of mine. All right, so here we'll end on a happy note. Headline. Russian cross-country skier suspended for whipping opponent with ski pole at finish line. (laughs) Talk about a bad loser. Bad beat. This is one of the greatest (laughs) stories ever, and there's apparently video of it as well. This Russian, who's the number one cross-country skier in the world, was getting beat by some Finnish dude. And he, he just wasn't having it. <laughs> so he's like, wham, 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 and then tackles the guy oh, right man. after the race was over. Uh, well, That's something, classic something right there. Something had to go down to put him over the edge. No! He went Mike Tyson biting an ear off all of a sudden. But that was during the match. This was uh, afterwards, huh? He was bad. The only thing worse would be the biathlon where they've got the rifles. <laughs> and a dude shoots his opponent. <laughs> Oh, son of a bitch, JR. He's shooting the rest of the field. He's gone mad. 
he's going to get suspended uh, by the IOC uh, for this. Uh, so, yeah. do you, have you ever cross country skied? No, but I love to ski and board. I used yeah, you downhill skier, mm-hmm. snowboarder, and a snowboarder. Which yeah. one do you prefer? Depends on the powder. Okay. That's oh, look at you. Yeah. Look at the well, Iowa you, girl. Yeah. Well, you don't. When you live out in the Rocky Mountains, you get really picky, and you don't want to board in ice ever. Right. You can't. You have to ride an edge the whole time. And have you ever? Do you ever board? You're always on the edge, whether it's front or then you you lean back and then you'll turn and you ride that edge. And if you hit a patch of ice, you go down. So this East Coast kind of people who snowboard out here, they don't know. When you're on regular powder, you're on clouds and you're carving into the side of the mountain. You don't want a ton of moguls because you want to be able to just carve at leisure. And depending the kids that start going really fast, you know, like the young teenagers, like yeah. the 20 year olds, sometimes they just head straight, you know, you go straight down and you pick up speed. Oh yeah. And it's so dangerous because yeah. somebody can get in your way and there's no brakes on this thing. You got to turn. It's not like skiing where you have as much control and turning. I tried snowboarding once after having skied for a good part of my adult life, thinking I'm fairly coordinated. It was a disaster. I lasted maybe an hour. I should have taken a lesson because you need a lesson because it's totally different from skiing. And I likened it to strapping a couple pair, like a couple bars of soap to your bare feet and then trying to balance in the bathtub. How old were you when you were learning? You were learning on your own? I was an adult. I was like 30 years, 35 years old. 35 years old. Okay. Thing is, yeah, lesson for sure. Two bad days to learn to snowboard. Two bad days where you're on your butt, but and your arms are tired because you're pushing yourself up. Pushing well, that's yourself the other thing. Up, I don't. I don't, I don't want to do any of that. Once you, learn, I don't want to trash my knees. I don't want to trash my ass. Better for your knees. No. Yeah, it is. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Once you learn, you're good. Good news is I'm never going to snowboard because the better news is I'm never skiing again because <laughs> I've retired from skiing. <laughs> Too old. That's how I don't want to injure myself for <laughs> golf season. So there you go. All right, let's go get some steak. We'll end on this headline: Target agrees to end relationship with company over forced monkey labor. What? I quickly clicked on the story. Click, 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 click. And I read it, and it's like, oh. Apparently, monkeys in countries with lots of coconut trees, Indonesia, etc., are being forced to scurry up the palm trees with their little sweet necks in a chain collar and then run down the tree with a coconut in exchange for a treat. They're working for the man. They're very efficient because, well, they're monkeys. They're tiny. They're small. They're lightweight. They're smart enough to know how to pick a coconut off of a tree. You can't just shake a coconut tree and have them fall off, fall off onto the ground. Plus, they might hurt you. They're very hard, very heavy. You don't have to get some kind of picker, some, you know, rent some piece of machinery. You don't have to send a person up there to pick them. And I've seen that before, but that's, you know, dangerous and you know, human labor is more expensive than actual monkey labor. So I'm against using monkeys with chains around their necks to pick coconuts for companies that had their products placed in stores in the USA, in Target, that was made from, you know, coconut milk. But it brought up a good question. If you did pay the monkey, what would he want to be paid in? (laughs) Bananas? 
tourist cameras. Oh, wait, what? They can steal both of those on their own? Thank you very much. What would a monkey want for a salary? Could you teach a monkey to understand money and its value? I give you this paper note. You give me something I want. What do monkeys really want on their leisure time? Could it be fun for the monkeys to go up and down the tree? Could you, If you trained monkeys without the chain and the collar and the rope to go up, get the coconut, and then you give them a treat instead, is that ethical? I don't know. I'm just asking. That is a wrap for today. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, it is most appreciated. Go to zabe.com slash premium. $5 a month, and I'll give you a month free when you sign up on a yearly plan. It does not auto-renew, so it's not like you're going to get stuck in some endless hellish loop of, would you please cancel this? If you have any problems with your subscription, please email me directly at zabe@yahoo.com. I am your frontline customer service, and I will get you squared away ASAP. I appreciate everybody who is on board, and thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Tell a couple friends, rate and review to tickle the algorithm. In the meantime, have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, check, check. MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds, period. Take advantage of MyBookie's prop builder and live in-game betting where every single run, throw, basket, touchdown is another chance for you to put cash in your pocket. Visit their mobile-friendly website today and get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Just use promo code ZABE when you make your first deposit. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. The best part is they make it simple with a variety of ways to deposit, including credit card, bank transfer, Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie.